Good morning, everyone. Well, it's morning for us as we record this. <laughs> we were out uh, recording podcasts yesterday. Yeah, and uh, and then we had a lovely lunch. We did with with future guest Alison Spittle. Yeah, That's yeah. A spoiler it... for who's going to be our future guest. Yeah, I did also post it on the Instagram, so oh, they yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on this episode, we had Harriet Dyer. Oh my God, what fun was that? Um, Harriet Dyer is an amazing uh, comedian and uh, just just the loveliest chat. Uh, she's so brilliant. I Her um, special, Trigger Warning, I think is my favorite comedy special on the internet. It's so good. Yeah, you guys should check it out. It's on YouTube, so it's free. So uh, after you listen to this, you should go watch Harriet's uh, it's on her YouTube channel. Like I'll put Joe it in said. the notes as well. So yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Um, that being said, I will say uh, that maybe a bit of a trigger warning at the top of this. There's a bit of talk about assault and uh, suicide at the very end. So if you find that upsetting, uh, maybe skip this one. Yes, uh, there's a lot. I think what is brilliant about Harriet is that she... You know when people say, oh, you can't talk about anything in comedy these days? She talks about all those things and makes them interesting and funny. Uh, but yes, yeah, she does talk about those things in the podcast. So if you don't want to hear them, then I would turn off now. Yeah. And that being said, like, it's not a heavy conversation. I've never laughed so hard as someone said something about so this. dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, trigger warning, but at the same time, I encourage you to listen to it because it's quite freeing. Yes, yeah, yeah. She's she's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. There's no one, there's no one else who makes such dark things so funny in a way that isn't trying to be edgy, but is trying to just be open about these things. Yeah, and uh, with the subject was weird things people say to um, neurodivergent people. Joe, do you have have you had any weird things anyone said to you? I think all this, a lot of the things about, you know, oh, it's not that severe or you're not like my... I had one time someone was very angry saying that I couldn't be autistic because I'm not like her grandchildren and her grandchildren are very unhappy. <laughs> that was, the, I think, one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Oh. You know, because I seemed happy that I couldn't be autistic. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we'll get it. I mean, comedians get weird stuff said to them after gigs anyway. Yeah. Do so you get true. stuff? What are the ADHD ones people say? I mean, just like, oh, it doesn't seem like you have ADHD sort of thing, which I, to be honest, uh, have said to other people. Like when I when I was getting diagnosed and talking to Angela Barnes, uh, I was like, but you seem like you have it all together. And she's like, yes, I seem like it. And I feel <laughs> like that's what a lot of people with ADHD feel like. It's like, it looks like I do. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I probably said things as well, and I think I do try to have a sort of kind approach to people, the weird stuff people say, because I think a lot of them come from, like, a place of trying to... Like, that would be your first thought, you know what I mean? I think a lot yeah. of people like, it comes from a place of, like... Like, being ignorant doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. I think if you're ignorant and then you're presented with that opportunity to not be ignorant, then that makes you a bad person. yeah. One time I got in a conversation with someone, though, and they mentioned the BBC panorama and how good it was. 
and uh, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't help but being like it was an incredibly flawed uh documentary <laughs> <laughs> all right here's Harry Dyer here you go guys Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we just saw. <laughs> we, we'll record the. And uh, today we have on Harriet. All right. We'll do all that later. <laughs> but we never have a smooth start, Harriet. It's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. So do I just come in whenever then, or do I wait? No. Yeah, yeah. Come... Oh no, there's no introduction. Right. We we. Sorry, this is about yeah. you. The more you <laughs> talk, the better the podcast is. <laughs> We've yeah, it just talked... sort of blurs into a natural, natural conversation, <laughs> yeah. or as natural as we can possibly do. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, just like transitions into us having like an awkward start, but uh, but that's all good. Yeah, uh, I I, lo- I loved your friend show by the way. My oh, thank you. Yeah, that was, was brilliant. That was... It was really great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've never done it at the Monkey Barrel before. I would always, well, everyone wants to do it there, don't they? But it's just lovely you don't seem that to is get where the cool kids are yeah but they also i think people come to it that are um well a bit geeky really i find i didn't like when i when i've been in other places i found i've always had sort of like middle class people that are like what the fuck is this whereas <laughs> whereas this year it was more we know what we're getting and i i like that <laughs> Because the, the day I saw it, there was yeah. someone, there was a guy and his wife in who was a bit joy. You know that sort of the worst kind of joiny uni where they're they're being supportive and not, there wasn't any animosity to it, but they were sort of joiny uni a bit. And I just felt like the way you dealt with them was so like it wasn't. I think like a, like in a club, like a, a lot of comics impulse would be like, we got to shut this down and get this person <laughs> to shut up. But like you sort of were like it was really sort of. Yeah, you you sort of brought them in, but in a way that that didn't let it derail the show. Would you remember that when the, the, was that when the lady cried when I said about a rabbit? Oh yeah, right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that right at the beginning? But I said my said my mum made her um. So my 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 mum at a dinner when she was a child, and then uh, her mum asked her what she was up to, and uh, later, and my mum was like, "Oh, I'll probably feed, uh, clean out the rabbits." And then her mum goes, "Oh, n- no, you won't, because you've just eaten them." And then this, and then this, um, this woman in the front row started crying because it was so sad. But you know, when you when stuff's happened, and you, you never think I do it so much, I never think that things are triggering for other people because in the trigger level of my life i like well this is very <laughs> low down so i never think that it'll offend other people and then um uh so then i try to make it better by telling her about how i once ran over a rabbit and then and then <laughs> tried to give it a uh, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and then accidentally ate the last breath of a rabbit so worry i have the spirit of a rabbit within me but but then she was just looking at me even weird. I was like, why did I think of that to make it better? I like it. She, she was triggered by the sound of a death of a rabbit. And you're like, don't worry. I killed one once. Killed more, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's some more death that's worse. <laughs> but my thinking was, because I think I've eaten the spirit of a dead rabbit, that if I then have a spirit within me, coming from someone with the spirit of a dead rabbit within them, I wanted to tell her it's all right. 
so that the rabbit's thinking would be on the grave going yeah exactly that was that was how how i was thinking about it (laughs) you know what you being filled with the spirit of a rabbit totally tracks like (laughs) there are certain people who if they told me they were had the spirit of an animal in them i'd be like no you don't but you (laughs) definitely 100 percent. you got rabbit energy Rabbit and big rabbit energy. <laughs> big rabbit energy. <laughs> that, I found this subtitle for the show now. Big rabbit energy. That's going to be it. Yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> real quick before we get into the subject, subject, can I just ask what is your flavor of neurodivergency? What are we working with here, Harriet? Uh, bipolar, but lots of people close to me think that I was misdiagnosed when I was younger and I've probably just got. ADHD that's what everyone says but then I but then they don't know me when I'm really down and and because I don't get as like because I used to like be very manic well I think I am naturally manic but I'm not as manic uh so I don't know but anyway but I have uh bipolar um but I find but I even but I can never but I never I can never focus but then I don't but lots cross into each other don't they I guess yeah yeah, so there's I don't a... know whether that's it or whether I just have millions of things, but I can never focus on one thing ever. Mm. Well, speaking of weird things people say to neurodivergent people, I love the fact that you're like, I'm bipolar, but people are like, actually, I think you have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was for it. I always let everyone bloody tell me what they think of me, which, I, which in fact, when I first started comedy was what people did as well they, they told me oh well, i think you should do this and do that and i'd get all people just love fucking i just need to go stop yeah Thank you. <laughs> oh my god that's an incredible mug i mean this isn't good for an audio podcast but oh, it looks really big. it's not as big as it looks for oh some isn't it reason. it's a perspective thing although i could dip my face in it maybe well i've got two and i don't know where they came from actually just a beard. Ah. We had a mug once that's like it broke, unfortunately, that had glass on the side. So you could see your tea. Oh, it, like the sea life center when there's sharks underneath. Yes, yeah. But with <laughs> like uh, a li- little windows. It was, uh, yeah, I love that mug. So could people see your, like your nose and your lips and that drinking if there's someone was um, looking at you from the other side because they peer through your tea glass? <laughs> <laughs> um you could see it was like a sort of net i guess around the edge like uh um, it had little little heart shaped windows all around so yeah oh. i guess you could see your, your nose through it but, but mainly you would see the level of the tea level uh. which was quite good so you wouldn't have to look into the teacup to see how much tea was in there oh yeah so you couldn't do that you know like in when people on the tv are pretending that they're drinking a drink and they're clearly not because you can just sense it but you couldn't get away with that if you had the uh the that that cup would be too yeah wouldn't work yeah. on tv <laughs> transfer to tv i don't know why but that's the thing in like watching television that bugs me more than anything like when someone is given like a paper cup of coffee in the way they're moving it around i'm like no one would do that with a hot cup of coffee like you are drinking it too fast you are moving like exactly this is, i am taken out of the moment now I was saying, I had sort of about Friday night dinner that they had a, a guest actor on it who hadn't done a lot of acting. 
And when you're eating on a sitcom, because they do so many takes, you just sort of move your food around. But she was just like going, oh, I've got some food, I'll eat it. And, and ate like, and then by the end was like really, really sick because she just <laughs> eaten so much food. By like the fourth take. Yeah, they either, they don't move it around or if they do eat, they have a spit bucket. Ah, oh, that's, oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, that's what when I used to hang around with more people that did did lots of drugs. That's what everyone. If you were made, if you were like on drugs and made to go for dinner, you just always just move the food <laughs> around the <laughs> around the plate so people weren't didn't know that you were on drugs. But then I'd I, I reckon other things would probably suggest that you were on you were on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As someone who's been on drugs but also not on drugs and seen people on drugs, you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah oh that sounds awful there's just the food bucket i remember once at the frogger bucket um uh so phil ellis was on stage and and someone was walking past with uh like a bucket uh like a jug of booze and he thought it'd be funny so he just grabbed it off the person walking past with it and downed it all and then uh, after he downed the whole jug the person goes that was the slop jug (laughs) Oh. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Were they violently <laughs> ill afterwards? Yeah, I think if you drink quite a bit, anyway, maybe it doesn't. Well, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't investigate after. Probably just had the shits the next day, perhaps. Yeah, I'm not completely sure what the slot bucket is. It'll just be the like all the dregs that have that have fallen around the. Um, there's like a tray around the kegs and that isn't there that you you have you would have to then tip into something oh so it would be a collection of all that so it would be all different well i imagine it would all just be beer would it oh or cider or if you had like a like some people like weatherspoons have but this wasn't in a weatherspoons but in weatherspoons you have the keg of wine don't you a keg of wine i've never seen that i'm sure you do in weatherspoons Weatherspoons is a whole other world. So is that is that a common thing that people? So I'm dragging us back to our theme that pe- people feel they they need to give you a diagnosis when they meet you. Uh, I don't know. I think because I I move myself in in uh, mentally ill circles that maybe right. and I'm because I'm quite open and honest about it that maybe that feels that me- makes people feel like that they should to be fair the some of the people that have said it i are, are friends so right yeah, yeah. So, i say it's different when it's coming from within that because it's so you yeah. run barking tales which is a do you want to tell us a bit about barking tales so we uh it's uh it's an a night where uh where the comedians on uh talk about the would do material that in, in some way relates to their uh mental health and uh, stuff i get all confused because i've been saying mental health so much but now it's neuro so what would i say i'd say where neurodivergent act uh, comedians would would do material about that yeah well i think yeah i think all these times have been worked out i guess the 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 history of neurodivergent comes like that the the word neurodivergent is very broad but the the sort of the history of it is in like the autism rights movement. So is is about sort of like people being different rather than having something that's like a a problem. But that term is broad, if that makes sense. So so we've yeah. sort of invented this term that's actually broader than 
the sort of movement that it comes from. That would be my reading. But I think in, the, in 10 years' time, all these terms will be different and will be worked out, as long as we know what we're saying, I think. Yeah. But it, it, feel, it often feels like Barking is almost like part comedy gig, part support group, like from my... <laughs> is that fair yeah oh definitely because i thought it would always it would be about the comedians but it's definitely more about the people that come definitely mm. um and then a lot of the people because it's never you know the the money's never great and it's ne- never the sort of gig that's going to change anyone's life in any way but it's the sort of gig where people that come to it will then if you do it they will be your biggest fan for the rest of your life so they'll follow all your stuff and go to your shows and stuff like really like dedicated and comedy savvy uh savvy savvy bunchy um and then um uh and then and uh, but then there's a girl that runs it with me now and she's she's got Tourette's so that i say to the i say to whoever i'm booking oh don't you know because because I forgot to say once, and then someone fucking like ripped into her. Is like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh. So, so the so I say, oh, if someone you know starts meowing, just don't don't acknowledge it. And then, um, but then uh, once she will be just before one of the gigs, and she was like, Harriet, I've developed a new tick over the weekend, and I was like, oh, what's this one? And and she was like, I just start sarcastic laughing, and I was like, oh god, I'll need to say. <laughs> I need to tell the acts this. And then I totally forgot. I forgot to tell the acts. And then in the middle of the show, it was just, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, but then she, she doesn't do that one anymore. But but yeah, so it's just a just a nice a nice little bunch, really, I guess. I need to come up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's far from where I live. I, I enjoyed it. I did the one the zoo once and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed um, it when yeah. I was in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, that was years ago. Yeah, yeah, I want to do it again in Edinburgh, but I just get so um, oh, I mean, well, you were a lifesaver because your show was on before as well. But I just I would love yes, to do yeah. it in Edinburgh, but it's just the organising of other comedians, and I include mm. myself in that. That I I don't think I yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, to do like a compilation show? Because I hate oh, bothering cause, people as well. Yeah, and your idea for what your capacity is for the month. Is but yeah. before in July you go yeah I'll do like two or three shows a day that'd be great yeah. and then two weeks in you go no I just need to do my show and that's yeah. it yeah I have never cancelled so many shows as I do when I'm in Edinburgh because you are like yep I'll do that I'll do that and I'll do that and then a weekend I'm like cancel 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. cancel <laughs> what was I thinking yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but this year was because I only did a week uh, this year and it was great. And I also, uh, because I always stay in Musselburgh, which is a nightmare for the trains and that, but I like it because it's sort of out of everything and you get your own bathroom. But, um, <coughs> uh, but, but, but yeah, but then this year I, uh, I drove in, so I do my show quite early. Then I would drive in to do like late and live and stuff. And I found this really good place to leave my car. And then I just felt like relieved that I didn't need to, because I tried to get a, ta- oh, yeah, yeah, tried to get a taxi and then tried to use an Uber. And then the Uber didn't work. It was just refreshing for ages. And then I finally, so then I saw a black cab, tried to get in this man's black cab. And he was like, can't you see I'm eating my sandwiches? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so then I went to another one, got in that. And then got in the taxi, was going to Musselburgh. And then whilst I was in that taxi, the Uber connected that was that was still going on my app. And then Uber then ordered a taxi to my taxi. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> just being chased by an Uber. Yeah, exactly. So then I was like, oh no, never again. I'm going to just drive in and out. <laughs> oh, That's <Jesus>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, your, your show was brilliant. And it, it's sort of like both your two recent shows, they deal with some really heavy stuff, but they come like your style is so like disarming that it's sort of like it sort of really catches you off guard when sometimes you'll say stuff in your act and I won't it won't immediately register that it's very heavy is that sort of is that intentional or is that just the style you do and then you went on to talk about those things um I think I think especially with the with trigger warning because I've like my whole life oh uh, Abigail it was a, just a show about a, a lifetime of rape really uh, so, Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah but because I'm like used to um well I think we all do it don't we we sort of deal with things by uh being I've always been quite sort of quite off the cuff about stuff so I think I've I sort of had a lifetime of maybe not 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 addressing it but because I was let let down a lot in it and stuff and so and like I was saying earlier I don't really um I don't realize that because when you've had loads of trauma you forget what is very traumatic and what isn't so then Mm. uh so so then then I think some things I didn't realize was was, because then I was just looking at people's faces and they were just very traumatized but and also it was because uh, of the heat. So then sometimes people, because it was so personal, sometimes people were having to leave because they said they were going to pass out. But then I'd be like, oh, God, is this because of the, all this awfulness that I've told you? Um, but it was, yeah, but I, that was, I couldn't really do anything else that month because, uh, because I wanted to do spots and stuff. But I was just so spent with it being so personal. Um, and and then I couldn't like I did a little bit of a tour after but then now people are like oh can you come and do this here and there no (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's done but I just think that's the yeah because because I think with that because the whole what happened and how it happened for years it was it started because of a paper round so I wanted so it was like a like a so it was and there was funny things as part of it so so that's why so so in my head I was like oh this is a story about the paper on them it just happens to be a lifetime full of rape weaved in and out <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's up it's up on YouTube it's, it's brilliant I, I think I, oh, I watched that I'll show watch and then it. I watched um uh John Mulaney's show afterwards and like, and at, with all respect to John Mulaney, I much preferred your show because it felt like there was this sort of like, um, uh, John Mulaney is very, very slick, isn't there? And he's talking about the heavy stuff in his show, um, but it's in this very sort of slick sort of prepared way. But with your stuff, it's sort of like, I don't know, it felt very punk rock and very sort of like... Um, punk uh, rock? Is that, am I not the first person to say that to you? It feels yeah, very definitely. like... You're the first yeah. person I've ever right. heard. Yeah, no, I've, I've always felt like your before. stuff was very sort of like, um, uh, yeah, just just sort of very original and very like, because um, you go off on little tangents and things like that. I'm never quite sure how much of that is on purpose and how much isn't. <laughs> Yeah, I think with that, well, because that was the first, usually I'll have more tangents. And then that was the first show where I was like, God, I've got so much of the story that I need to get in. So I think, mm. but the, but the, but yeah, but I think if it, if it wasn't connected to the story at the time, then it probably was a tangent. Right. Yeah, because I didn't, because yeah. I find that, uh, 
well, a bit cringy, I guess, because when you know when we all do it where something will go wrong on stage that I'll try and reenact it or say the same thing again because it's been funny and then you just feel icky and then for some reason the audience can sense it as well if it's not genuine as well, don't you think? Oh, definitely. There's, there's nothing as funny as something happening like spontaneously in, yeah. in the room. Yeah, yeah. That's always my favourite moments. Like this weekend I was at Up the Creek and there were just two moments that I dealt with the audience and I was like, all right, that was the most fun. And then I'd <laughs> launch into my material and be like, well, I hope they're having a good time because I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love just the daftness and silly thing, yes, just silly things that happen at the boat. One of the first, that, in fact, one of the, I remember that's years and years ago, I was really new and I'd just been dumped and I was having a terrible time and, um, well, actually the night got more terrible, but I wasn't known to know that at the time. Uh, and Paul, uh, Paul McCaffrey was on stage and then this, 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 woman came in and asked if he knew where George was and he was like who on earth is George and then she went off to look for it then this man came in and all like discombobulated and he was like who are you he was like I'm George and it was like this comedy of errors where one kept going in and he was just narrating it beautifully and in, in the moment and I always just think of that as I I was just absolutely it was just in the moment that never would have happened again and it happened about six times that it was just a comedy of errors and 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 I was just like like oh this is so funny and and yeah and that would never have been able to happen again. <laughs> and so the, those little things where I my um I did a gig once for NA Narcotics Anonymous yeah. in Hither Green and I could open by saying it must be difficult being a drug addict in Hither Green because your town name means come to me cannabis <laughs> and that's only ever going to work when you're doing an yeah. NA gig. I'd never be able to use that again, but I'm so proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) I once did this blooming gig in in Blackpool, and uh, so the night started, and then the woman that was running it was like, oh, there's going to be half the amount of the audience again in in a bit, and just this massive group just came in halfway through the show, and and they were like, oh, I'm ever so sorry, we've just been, been at NA at the prison. Uh, so, so they just yeah, so they just appeared, and then um, and then it turned out one of the people that was in uh that was on in the NA group, the girl that ran it, she um, it was her mum, and then and then what well, I can't even remember how it happened, but it, in the end it came out that the the, the her mum used to sell her inhalers for drug money. Oh my god! Wouldn't get much drug money for an inhaler, though. <laughs> <laughs> would you? Unless that's, it was that someone... was one of the scare stories about um <laughs> about the free school meals, wasn't it? They said like if we have free school meals, then parents will sell them for drugs. And I thought, how much <laughs> if you sell a child's meal? How much drugs are you getting for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're just hanging around people that look like, or if you find a group, maybe if you found a group of asthmatic uh, an asthmatic support group and then released yeah flour into the group or lots of dust or something or pepper and then and then someone didn't have an inhaler and then you could sell it for a lot of money. Yeah, that's, that's like a good economics lesson, isn't it? Supply and demand. <laughs> you could, you could have... yeah. That's like in in New York, uh, all the little bodegas or corner shops have uh, umbrellas. And as soon as it starts raining, they go up in cost. <laughs> like all of a sudden you're like, but it's only $3. And they're like, 10, it's $10. And you're like, no, <laughs> it's your fault for not planning ahead. 
<laughs> That's like in festivals when there's suddenly you don't even know where they come from. Those people with the the plastic ponchos, and you're just paying. You're paying like a tenner to just be covered in a large carrier bag. so true but going back to our subject today weird shit people say to neurodivergent people um i was trying to think of weird stuff people say to me and i think kind of like you harriet because i kind of run in these circles i don't have too much but every once in a while i'll be like in a conversation with someone i don't know or I'll be often listening to a podcast and someone says something and I'm like, do I write in and tell them or do I just, <laughs> someone else will do it. Someone else. <laughs> uh, but what sort of weird, weird stuff have people said to you? Uh, the one, the one that uh, sticks to mind the most was at a gig and uh, the it was, I haven't, seen him since i think he tried to be on facebook or something but uh he is dead to me and he was a uh he was quite a, a new act and he was comparing and he introduced me as saying that this act has bipolar so why why are you telling the audience who don't know me this information about myself and then and then he goes so don't worry if you don't like what she does, because probably her different personality will then do a different, <laughs> will oh then do God. a different bit. And I was so angry with him that it, I just got, well, I just went up and sort of slagged him off a bit. And I was just like, and then I just threw out the, so then I would do my material and then remember how much he annoyed me. So then slack him off a bit, then do my material. And I was just, yeah, I was just really annoyed. So then when he tried to have me on Facebook, I was like, I will never be speaking to you again. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was so rude that he'd, so he'd obviously Googled me, but what you with it? I just there's so many layers of like why that's yeah. a bad idea isn't there because it's like is it just like comedically it's like well you might have a joke introducing it so that's like not a good thing to do yeah and like it's like it's it's untrue it's like hack as well like it's sort of good at saying if you don't like it it's such like a bad thing to say before you bring on a there's so many levels to that yeah. it's, a, it's a tiramisu of wrong <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was one thing, and then uh, another thing was, I guess this maybe sort of ties in with that would would be, um, so I, so you get a a lot of people that um they want it to they want people that are neurodivergent to um to do their corporate so that then people think that their their company is is um. Progressive, oh fuck! I have a story about this. Yes, but which, carry on. by the way, I just want to throw out: I never get hired for those, and I am ready <laughs> yeah. and willing. You're putting it out to the universe. I, now. listen, guys. I am so happy to do your corporate gig, so you feel feel inclusive, and I get your money. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did this one, and they were just like, "Yes, so we really just want your journey with uh, with all that." Blah, blah blah blah. So I said, "Brilliant." So then I started telling my story, and then I've got sort of, I guess, a lot of well, my journey that they wanted. A lot of it is trauma through abuse and stuff. So I was sort of mentioned that, but not even really went into it. And then this bloody woman was like in the in the message thing, um, get stop stop the sex stuff. Don't do that. Uh, stop doing all that and and all this. And I and I was just a bit like, 
how dare you tell me you want my story, but you want to edit it accordingly to suit you and your company. And then, so in the end, uh, she, uh, well, I said to her, because she was like, oh, sort of, because I got all, you could see in my face, it was all discombobulated. And then, uh, and then afterwards she was like, oh, you doubt that with a pro. And I said, I said, well, just for the future, don't tell you could it's not on for you to say that you want someone's story you could have told me before oh but you know it needs to be this this and that but to to to, while I'm in the middle of saying something that's quite traumatic to go nope stop that and then just do this and so that really pissed me off yeah that kind of reminds me Joe of your joke in your uh late uh previous show I am autistic or that story you tell about how it's like just be yourself just be yourself but don't do that not like that yeah like yeah that's, yeah but that sort of thing yeah i mean yeah if there's parameters of what you can and cannot talk about at a gig those should be discussed beforehand and if exactly. you ask someone to tell their story know what their <laughs> story's gonna be and yeah it, yeah that's was, was that the, that story sort of it was an inspiration in trigger warning wasn't it that was that was that the same incident oh my god no that's different one right so that one yeah so that's to do with that as well actually i didn't even think of that so that was this uh and i've known her for ages i always do she's got this lovely little community church place that i've always done uh previews at of all my shows and 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 because she does she's an actor with some friends of mine so i sort of considered her a bit not really a friend but known her over the years and then so then I did uh, one of the really early previews of Trigger Warning and she was just completely different with me afterwards. But then I'm quite paranoid. So I thought, well, maybe I'm imagining it. And then, um, but then the people that I knew went to the show and said they got home that night to a um, an email from her apologizing on behalf of oh my, my show. God. Yeah. So then I, I messaged her and I was like, has something particularly upset you or are you just upset on behalf of nothing whatsoever? And she's just upset on behalf of nothing whatsoever. And then the next day she she was like, um, oh, I think everyone will need the like at least a couple of days to get over what you told them. What? My life. And then and then because I had this bit about uh, the police and, and there was like a knife involved and stuff. And she goes, you need to not do that bit about because they let me down. She was like, you need to not do that about the police because people need to know that they can go to the police. Well, I haven't even said my opinion on, on the police. I've just literally just said what's happened. And then she goes, and you need to um, make sure you tell the audience which bits are, are real and which bits are made up. So you need to tell them that you did <laughs> the knife bit is made up. And I was like, it isn't made up. How dare you when the whole show is about how no one's fucking believed me and then you bloody tell me that you don't bloody believe me. But then that was, well, that was good in the end because she kept going on about trigger warnings and then that was why the show, well, that was the, the, why the show was called Trigger Warning in the end so that people couldn't go, oh, you need more trigger warnings. Well, there is your trigger warning. <laughs> now leave me alone, <laughs> yeah, you right bastards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So just people, people just need to think about that. You know, I well, maybe some people could argue that you know you should be fine with these things if you do it doing the show. But I, I don't know. I just think just think about what you what you say. Really, she could have just done that. Well, all of those people just could have gone about that completely different. It just makes me think how like people are like we need to listen to victims, and then it's like, could you not 
tell your story about being yeah. a victim. It makes me have feelings. <laughs> exactly. And it's always, well, I shouldn't sort of, you know, do a broad statement like this, but often it's people that haven't even been through things themselves. And like I say, are just upset on behalf of, of, of someone that they don't know. So, and then, and then not to do with that, but in, in to do with things that, that people that have said stupid stuff, like when I, because I've always had, if I, if I'm like feeling quite bad mentally, I, I like often uh, my, my diet will suffer and I've just get, uh, and, and I always thought, I always, thought, I, well, I never even thought that your brain could be, because I always thought I had something wrong with my throat or something where I wasn't eating properly when I was stressed, but now I know it was my brain. Um, and so, so anyway, so when I, especially when I first started comedy, I, 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 well, I was quite underweight and I'd have people come up to me after gigs and like, try and grab me and, and take me through, let's take you for a burger. Let's go for a burger. Uh, you look very underweight. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> like, it's none of your business. <laughs> dragging me off for a burger why would i why would i want to go anywhere with you 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 sneaky beaker it's so weird how come i think (laughs) is this fair to say that there is a slight generational thing of people who feel so comfortable talking about other people's weight and their bodies like uh i i i am where i used to work there was sort of the other people they were sort of generally older and i lost a bit of weight and uh they were very happy to tell me about it and to like touch my belly and tell me there's still a bit left or stuff like that. Oh, that's wow. so offensive. <laughs> just, just, uh, yeah, they were just they, a lot of them were like in their fifties and sixties. You can't, can't tell them what to do. What? Like some sort of good luck charm? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. Rub my belly. But I think as well. There's a lot of that people think that well, if you put yourself on stage and you talk quite openly, mm. then it's fair game. But yeah. it's all very well. A lot of us are on stage because well, I know I am far more uh i'm far less comfortable off stage talking to people so it's very sort of on our terms which is mm. you know which is and then i will be saying what i want to say on on my terms but i think people don't really uh, real, realize that they just think it's fair game if you put yourself on stage that they could really say what you want and uh, and they always as well even though i say that i used to do drugs don't do any of that i still get people asking if i can give them drugs <laughs> <laughs> after a show yeah they go oh have you got any the what uh and then and also the, oh you can't i say i don't do anything anymore don't even drink and they'll be like right we're going on the piss and, because they seem to think that i'd be quite fun to go on the piss with but it's like well if you'd have listened i do not drink and i'm very socially awkward and this sounds terrible <laughs> yeah i love i always get a kick out of like I don't go into the showroom anymore pretty much because of this, but it's like the number of people are like, let's go out afterwards for a drink. And it's like, I I don't want to thank you. And they're like, no, come on. It'll be fun. It's like, well, you've had five pictures of whatever. I'm stone cold sober right now. We're having two very different nights and I don't want to catch up and I don't want to hang out with a bunch of drunk strangers. Like, no. That's not no, my yeah. idea. Call me old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that gig we did, Sabagalai, where you said that no one's ever come up to you when you're comparing and told you that, um, the, that oh, you should do, you should try comedy. You said it never happened. And then as we were leaving the gig, someone went up to you and said it. 
Yeah, so we were at uh, Comedia. Actually, I think I said it bugs me when people say it because people definitely said it to oh, me they do. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, no, I thought you said... I mean, that is a very tiny discrepancy. I think we explain. That's, that's quite okay. a specific comedy phenomena, isn't it? People yeah. saying that. So what yeah. happens a lot when you compare is people come up to you and be like, you're really funny. You should do comedy. Not realizing that you've been doing comedy the entire <laughs> night. Some of it written, some of it off the cuff, which is arguably harder. And um, and people don't realize it. And we left Comedia. We had a great show. We left Comedia together. And there was this really cool girl uh, outside. She's like little tiny thing. She had blue hair like mine, but it was like short. It was like she like looked very bright and and uh, she was rolling a cigarette, so she, you knew she was cool. And she <laughs> she she was like, "You were great," and I was like, "Thanks, cool girl." And she's like, "You should do comedy." And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and you had a friend there. You had a friend there because we were talking about it in the dressing room who saw all of it as well. And your friend was like, oh, my God, she said it like she was like, <laughs> that's what it's like. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's where I got confused that it was the first time. It must have been the first time with my friend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It drives <laughs> me nuts. Yeah. I I think the thing that I like kind of like turns my gears a little bit is when anyone goes oh we're all a little bit adhd or we're all a mm. little bit neurodivergent and uh a lot of times when that happens it's not around anyone i know particularly well and i never know if i should take the time to have a teachable moment or <laughs> just go huh yeah anyway like, what yeah. do you guys do when people say, say like, kind of off the cuff, like, flippant stuff like that? Do you guys, do you guys take the time to explain or do you just move on? I, I do explain because I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's sit down, hear my opinions. Well, well, I don't think I do it justice. And I always, every time I look at the person that said it, I just think, I think this would be pointless because I, because... Because they, I just feel like they would. It's all. I feel like it's always a certain type of person mm. that I feel wouldn't really be open to learning much. But then maybe that's, you know, where uh, maybe I should. But I just look at them and think, oh, I just cannot be bothered. But I'm glad that you do, Joe. That's Genuinely. why. Well, that's I, why I, you've I can flat. see why I can see why people come to that way of thinking in, in good faith. You know, because because to some extent it is true. Like in the same way, like you know, everyone is a bit. Well, maybe this is controversial, but like I think most people are a bit bisexual. You know what I mean? Like, there's lots of people mm -hmm. that like aren't. I think very few people like completely sit on that sort of binary. But that doesn't mean that bisexual people don't exist as a distinct group just because you had a weird feeling when you were at university. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's. <laughs> I think that's why I would. I, I can understand why people feel like oh, there are some sort of. I mean, all groups. There's a blurred line on the edge of those groups you know like that there's there's every you know if, you, if people do dna tests then lots of people have like a tiny percentage of a different ethnicity or nationality or whatever but that doesn't mean there's not groups that exist and get a hard time because they are that group and exist as a group so i, I think i've usually when i i maybe people just go oh yeah good good point uh, just to get rid of me but <laughs> usually when i try to explain it to them like i think people do sort of get why 
that statement is sort of not helpful. And that's why you've been platformed as a role model. (laughs) (laughs) Just having those conversations. Now that we talk about it out loud, I guess it can be a bit confusing to be like, it's a spectrum, it's a spectrum. And then someone goes, we're all a little autistic. And you're like, no, you're not, though. It's like, but it's a spectrum. It's like, yeah, but that's not, that's not the right, that's not the vibe. And so, that- so you, cause it depends where it comes from. Cause do you, if you ever had this, I'll have this where someone will be like, yeah, we're all a bit autistic. Like I do this, 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 and this. And you're like, I don't think you're a little bit autistic. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where people, I, I think sometimes <laughs> you get, I've had that a few times where people have said v- that they do things which are, you know, on a bell curve of, you know, behaviors or traits or whatever. They, they 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 do things which very much sit in that sort of um autistic end of that bell curve i i don't have i don't have ocd but even i i get annoyed when people when someone just won't want to live in squalor so they'll just tidy a bit and then they'll be like you know i've got a bit of ocd and it's like well no you just don't like living in a cesspit that's there's two <laughs> completely different mm. different things you know when you know people that have you know crippled by it and all and all the different ways that that can uh exist uh, i would i would well i get yeah i get annoyed and don't have it so i can't imagine what it's like for people that i get the opposite because i i i well it's under control now but i I wrote a book about oc and had very severe ocd as a teenager and i get sometimes because i do live in a cesspit um as you may be able to see behind me (laughs) and i get oh i thought you had ocd i don't have the tidy kind of ocd (laughs) yeah there's so many different types aren't there and everyone just does think that uh, thank you, Harriet, for coming on the podcast. Do you have a neurodivergent moment for us? Yes, I do. Uh, once, when I was first uh, courting my beloved, uh, oh, such a well, it's the well, now we're engaged, uh, but I've been through for you. Well, anyway, and uh, so I was very suicidal at the time, and then uh, he he lived in this uh, tower block, and he very kindly locked the windows and hid the knives. I went to work, and then I so when we're isn't we we're very resourceful so i was like right 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 if i can't throw myself out the window or stab myself i'm gonna have to wrap my head with sellotape so i so i (laughs) i I wrapped my head in sellotape and then uh and then as i couldn't breathe um that well because my orifices were wrapped in sellotape i sort of went to lie on the bed caught a look of myself in the mirror and then found it funny and felt better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wow oh my god that is that is that is listen we're going to now email uh all of our listeners and apologize for... <laughs> oh my god that is how many lives have been saved by funny suicide methods <laughs> oh my god that's brilliant wow. That's that is incredible. And just, just, just to check, you're all right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. Hidden the <laughs> knives, lock the windows, and hid in the sellotape. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. stay away from <laughs> Staples, the stationery store. <laughs> Thank goodness, Woolworths is no more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Harriet. Uh you've been an absolute joy. Uh how can people find you? What do you have coming up that you want to talk about? Uh like I said, this will come out on the 20th of October, so in 2 weeks time. 
Um, well, I'm doing a little tour of my mother's show. So uh, there's a few dates left of that on harrietdyer.com. So have a look there. And I'm doing a podcast with me and Louise Young called Make Me Better, where we try eating stuff to make us less mad. But spoiler alert, it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that podcast that we do. Um, and then all social media stuff as well. Harriet Dyer comedy. That's me. A trigger warning still on YouTube, isn't it? Oh yeah, I don't yeah. know. I never promote it, so no one ever watches it. Yes, my show. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I personally Thank endorse you. it. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. YouTube. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> That was Harriet Dyer. I've never laughed so hard at someone's suicide attempt. <laughs> Nor have I, yeah. Yeah. What a, uh, yeah. What, what, what a story. <laughs> just, again, it, 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 the thing is, is the way she talks about uh, the darker parts of her life in such, not flippant, but it, it's just in such openness, which I think is really admirable, you know, to, to be talking so freely about those things yeah and it makes you kind of feel like it's gonna be okay you know yeah and the other people have experienced these things i, th- I think she, she's amazing she's great um hey we got some neurodivergent moments yes we do here's mine uh my neurodivergent moment is uh before we got on i i did a bit of admin hmm. that my agent wanted me to do and yeah. it's Thursday now. She asked me to do it on Tuesday. And, or I told her I'd do it on Tuesday. And when I emailed That's, that's her, different to she asked me to do it on Tuesday. No, no, no. I, yeah, that's different. That's different. That's why this is important. Uh, and I finally did it today. And when I emailed her and was like, hey, this is done now. Sorry for the delay. I couldn't find the blah, blah, blah. That's a lie. It was just a really boring task. Oh and God. I've kept putting it off. Well, she listens to this. Hello, Kate, if you're listening. <laughs> Hi, Kate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just like a, I, I did have to look for a thing, but it was just such a boring task. I was like, I, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And I finally did it today. It took all of three minutes. <laughs> this would be like a test to check that she listens to the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, well, no, she does dip in sometimes. Okay. Uh, so we'll see if she listens to this one. <laughs> I have, uh, I've been sacking them up over summer. My, here's the headline to my one. The headline is, Joe makes the mayor uncomfortable. There's the, if it's in the newspaper, that would be the headline. Because <laughs> um, I, because I, um, uh, I'm a nice man, I've volunteered my time to do a little set of the volunteer awards here in Portsmouth. No, no money at all for that. I just did that for free because I'm such a good person. And, um, I have spoken to the mayor afterwards who so that the mayor for people who don't understand our insane legal uh, let's say political system the 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 mayor is a councillor but they sort of assume this position that's like apolitical so they wear like a big chain and um it's, it's all very sort of um uh antiquated but anyway the mayor was like a, a labor councillor before he assumes this apolitical position. But when he's being the mayor, he's not allowed to express any political opinions, which I forgot about. Um, so I was talking to the mayor 
and telling them my political, what I thought was our shared political opinions about the Conservative Party. And uh, he just was acting really odd, the mayor. And um, I kept talking about them and he was sort of going, yeah, yeah, we, we could talk about this behind closed doors. It was a weird thing to say. And it wasn't until he sort of walked away that I realised he's not allowed to, the mayor's not allowed <laughs> to flag off the Tories in public. He's got to be, and I didn't pick up on that. So um, I'm sorry to the mayor of Portsmouth. I didn't know the mayor wasn't allowed to hold political opinions. No, I think the, when the mayor's mayoring, he's got to um, he's got to be sort of like just a, an apolitical uh, pillar of the community. Well, that's so it was it was a councillor. He did have political opinions, but um, I thought there was something something odd going on. That- that's like becoming the mayor is like becoming the king. Like once you do, you're like, nope, I, I, I think nothing. I think it's that sort of thing. Yeah, I think you can't publicly be, even though I was a councillor. But um, so, so I apologize to the mayor. I like it, and you're like, no, but you agree with me, right? And like he literally, everyone's around him. He's like, <laughs> stop, Joe, stop it, stop it, shh, shh, stop it. He know, he knows the Tories are bastards. He must. He, he was a Labour councillor. He must know. They all oh, know. He has to work all with know. Them. Yeah. They all know. They all know. Uh, do you have a neurodivergent moment from a listener? I do. I have this one from uh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah says, when I was 11 or 12 and I had two friends over and we were trying to figure out what to do, I asked completely seriously with much enthusiasm if they wanted to line up the change in the change bowl by type of coin, date and shininess. What I love about this is that there's re- this was on Facebook. There's replies of people going, "Yeah, that sounds great." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did you do that? Um, so, I think we've started a club. The, sounds uh, absolutely joyous. Club. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any? Yes, I do. Uh, this came from your Facebook. Uh, this is from Emma. She said, "Impulsively." Asked a friend if she wanted to pop to Ikea 10 minutes before I knew that I had an appointment at 12. When I saw my friend, that thought was not in my mind. Did Ikea remembered halfway round. Made it to the appointment five minutes late. That's impressive, though. I'm a 15-minute trip round Ikea and then get to a meeting. I didn't know you could do Ikea that quickly. That's that's kind of inspiring. I know we've said, it, you know, we, we don't like the sort of superpower narrative. But if you can do an Ikea trip in 15 minutes, I think that is a superpower. Yeah. Very specific superpower. Amazing. Amazing. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And um, Oh, I've, all- got a, I've got a special out next week. Next yes! Friday. So um, please watch that it'll be up on my website joewells.org.uk um the good people at go faster stripe filmed it and they do loads of comedy specials and um uh different comedy albums and stuff like that so look up go faster stripe um but also watch my next friday will be out on um on my website joewells.org.uk amazing and this is your special i am autistic yes yeah yeah it is so good, guys. I have seen it four times, I think now. So good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The support, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, f- twice you paid me to watch it is how <laughs> I look at it. So, you know, all winning, all winning. And if you have a neurodivergent moment yourself, you can send them to neurodivergentmomentspod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah.
All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you in a fortnight. Bye.